The following audio drama is rated R for rockin'. You can be sure that everything you wanted to see when you're a teenager is here. Just tantalizingly out of reach if you're under 17 or 18 years old. Hello there, I'm Russ Moore, the Dungeon Master, Producer, and Co-Creator of Dungeons & Dragons, a D&D 5th Edition actual play podcast following the story of three adventurers trying so very hard to save the world. More often than not, it turns into a trial of comedic errors that somehow err on the side of victory. That's the luck of the dice though, isn't it? You're about to listen to Season 2, Episode 2, titled Finding Direction. An easy launch point for new listeners into the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Our new characters are only just receiving or finding their call to adventure, and in turn, realizing their destiny. Thank you very much for listening. Previously on Dungeons & Dragons. Who do you believe you are? Always been told that the very, very, very far removed descendant of... Bahamut, but I don't know if that's... You are a direct descendant of Bahamut himself. And as you clear the haze from your vision, you see cold stone dimly illuminated by light coming in through bars of a small window. Hey, what, what city is this? What town is this? Neverwinter prisoner. Thanks. I was yeah. just camping. And stealing. Oh. And then you got arrested, mm. put up a fight. Gonna, I'm gonna head on over to that hospitality center. Oh, well, welcome to our fine city. Neverwinter is a friendly city of craftsmen. I would love to hear more about this school. It's Nogwood's School of Wizarding. Who are some of these not hoity-toity people? I mean, there was this one guy I knew. He was pretty nice. I don't know if he's still around. I think his name was, was Gabriel. Okay, well, I'll try and be back soon. I guess I don't know how long being the savior of the world's gonna take me, but I'll, I'll see you soon, okay? And I follow Sirma through that door. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons! We are a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. And I'm your dungeon master, Russ Moore. And with me today is Amy Moore. I am, I'm here. Feeling good about it. And I play Sullivan Slight. <laughs> uh, a halfling lightfoot rogue. Is that how I Lightfoot halfling rogue. Also with me, Carla Johnson. I am also here, and I play Nerixious Acra Glim. I'm just going to say Glim from now on, because that's what... That's what she. That's, that's who cool. she really is, and she is a dragonborn paladin. And Tom Laird. And uh, yeah, I'm here, and I play Moot, who is a half orc wild magic sorcerer. You guys did all that so much better than I did. Good, good job. You always <laughs> have to go first. It's a, it's unfair. It's true. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> like whenever if Russ ready. throws to one of us first, which it does I'm happen occasionally, like, it's like oh, like yeah, panic. I'm jarred out of my <laughs> waiting to <laughs> be third. Plus, wait it's for being name, called on name. from yeah. the teacher, and you don't have an answer ready. Plus, new characters. Yeah, it's not like it doesn't just on. roll like you know with those old ones. Got to wait eighty three more episodes <laughs> before that exactly. happens. Exactly. How's everybody doing? Good. Doing well. Other than scared of me calling on them. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. Okay. that's been from day one, though. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. You're very intimidating, Russ. Sorry. <laughs> where, I, where, I'm, where I'm hopefully not intimidating is over on Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. And we dedicate an episode all the time to a patron. <laughs> you think I'd get this down by now. All the time. We're just the in the kitchen being time. like, this meal is dedicated. Is that an episode? It's <laughs> all the time. This episode is dedicated to Adam Lease. Sorry if I have your name pronounced wrong, Adam, but Adam, thank you. Thanks, Adam. Adam Thanks, awesome. Adam. You're and the you best. I do want to dedicate the nachos we had tonight to Adam. Oh, that's sweet. But I made them. You could dedicate them to me. No, it's you too late. Dedicate it's too late. You already you dedicated them to, to Adam. Yourself. Sorry, Russ. But, yeah, right? Talk talk about, like, All right. take back season. I gave him the episode. What more do you want? I want to give him nachos. Obviously nachos right. as well. Well, you can have breakfast nachos with us tomorrow, Adam. Come on over. Make too many nachos. As, as you do. What a nachos. problem to have. What too a many problem. Nachos. Breakfast nachos sound great. Anyways, fuck it. Let's play D&D. Sully, you're still in jail. 
You've been there for what what feels like as long as you've been awake, eh, the better part of a day. Merv has drifted off down in his cell down across there. Um, it's been a while since the guards have come in. What is Sully doing in his cell? Sully has found himself a cup and he's just like... <laughs> over and over and over again. The door opens and one of the guards yells in, Stop it with the cup! He comes in and looks through the bars. Where did you get that cup? Listen, I don't think my acquiring of cups is any of your concern. Uh, what my concern is, is that, uh, and what should everybody's concern be, is I'm going to keep doing this. I may, I may start to, to sing a little jaunty tune along with it. Not well, my friend, not well, until I get to meet with that warden I've been told I get to meet with. Yeah, yeah, the, war, the warden will see you. I gotta take the cup, though. Like, you'll take it as you, as you bring me out of the cell to go see the warden? No, like, I'll take the cup, and then I will take you to go see the warden. Hmm. All in the same go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So he gets up and walks from the back. Because he was definitely at the back of his cell. Because so no one could reach their arms through and grab the cup. He puts his hand out on the opposite side of the bars and reaches for the cup. I put the cup down beside me at the back of the room. And I walk forward to the entrance of the cell. Put your hands through the bars. I put my hands. He doesn't crack any any sort of smile. Come on, man, give me something. And he puts shackles around your wrists and then unlocks the gate. Okay, now, am I shackled between two bars? No, you put them through like a like a food tray oh, okay, okay, okay. slot area. Um, I hesitate for a moment, like... Like, Come on! Is he like really a trickster? Like, am I gonna take a step forward? He's gonna be like, ah, just kidding. Um, so I like slink through the door, like one big step, and like, woo! Warden's gonna have such a fun time talking to you. I just, I can't wait to hear how this goes. Ah, oh, my main man. If he's anything like you, we're just gonna have a blast. Okay. He begins walking, and Merv kind of. Uh, groggily wakes up and kind of looks to you as you walk out. Uh, Sully passes him and goes, Remember me! He whispers back, You'll be back soon! Don't count on it, Mervy, old buddy. Um, you exit out into a reasonably well-lit hallway and you are ushered to take a right. And you walk down a long corridor. There are plenty. There are quite a few doors that you pass on either side, and you reach the end of a long hallway with a large window that overlooks a a courtyard area. The guard tells you to and go go left from here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Just one second. And I peer through the window. Huh. So this is Neverwinter. Well, this is the prison at Neverwinter. Uh, are you technically like out of the jurisdiction? Are we in a different like subsection of a, of another city? Um, no. I'm just wondering. It's fine. I go left. He follows behind you, and he says, "It's up on the up at the end there. Just stop a few paces out." Why are you a few paces behind me? I don't want you stealing any cups from me. How many cups you got? <laughs> You're never gonna know. Oh, my antique cup collection. <laughs> it keeps my on antique. him. Yeah. Well, it's like maybe he always has like those camping supplies, like just just a belt full of cookware. That's what I'm imagining. Like he rolled, he really jangles when he walks. I say, hold on, if I don't come back, please tell me your name. Why wouldn't you come back? Why won't you tell me your name? You're being really weird about it. Officer Tangren. Interesting name. I haven't seen you grin once. Oh, just joking. All right, thanks, man. He knocks at the door, and it opens, and there's another guard in there. Um, there's a large uh, chair that you see the back of, 
um, and the one guard is on his way out, and he kind of looks down at you and gives you a judgmental stare as he walks past you. Sully does one of these when he walks past. He, and then keeps walking. He also keeps walking and looks to Officer Tangren, and you hear a, a mumbled exchange, um, and he keeps going, and uh, Officer Tangren pulls the door closed behind him, and you are standing in a very lavish office. There's a large wall with books all along the face that you're looking at. Would you a, say they're leather-bound books? They are leather-bound books. <gasps> um, there's a large, rich, uh, dark wood desk. Would uh, you say it's mahogany? You don't know that for certain. I don't know your knowledge of woods, so... Roll for wood? Roll for wood. Roll for wood. Oh, nature. Nature? Well, it's just a 12, so I'd say pretty average. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a hardwood of some sort, but uh, you're not sure if it's like yeah, an oak or a mahogany or a cherry. You're not, you're not certain exactly. Behind you, over your shoulder, you see a large globe um, and a couple other side tables um, with uh, different ornamental figurines on them. You hear from behind the desk and a voice that says, Well, well, well. I've been hearing lots of trouble about you. And the chair swings around and there is a very rotund tabaxi. A orange and rust-colored tabaxi um, in a very frilly white blouse. This is a fat puss in boots. (laughs) She says, so you wanted to talk to me, you did? Oh, yes, ma'am, I sure did. I sure did want to talk to you. Mm Mm-hmm, plead your case, you did. No, no, not really. Oh, so you're guilty then? No, I just heard such great things about you. Well, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. Everybody says that, that I am the fairest warden in this, in this side of Faerun. I that am. That is what they say. That is what they say. Now, what do you want? Well, I just wanted to know how somebody as awesome as you got a job working with schmucks like those guys. I point back through the door where the guards left. Yes, yes. Bulamir and Davidson. They're work in progress. Are those first names? Yeah. Oh man, you didn't give me his first name. Well, they're not—they're not very nice. I'm just saying. I'm just well, saying. you are a prisoner. Well, true. It's but not their job to be good cop. When you look far and wide for a prison who has a warden as esteemed as yourself. So you were looking for a prison. I was looking for you. To be in prison. Well, no, not necessarily. Just to talk. All right, we'll talk. What do you want from me? Oh, why is it always got to be want, want, want? I could send you back to your cell here. All right, so here's what I want. Um, I would like to um, to disappear. And I heard that you are tabaxi with unlimited resources and power. Not to mention fair and kind. You want to disappear? Yeah. What are we wizards and magic people here? I run a, I run a, I run a prison. Mm-hmm. Look, you were found stealing from several local merchants. You put up a fight. You assaulted an officer of the law. Which one? Officer Harold. Officer Harold. That's a last name. Okay. Um. Listen, can we get Officer Harold in here? Officer Harold is in is in uh, the medical facilities because of how badly you had injured him. Really? How did I injure him exactly? With your sharp, pokey weapons. You stabbed him. Hmm. Right in the soft spot. <laughs> is he a I'm giant sorry, baby? Is this officer an infant? Did I stab a baby in the head? You should. Just curious. Because this is all kind of blurry to me. Um, Frankly, Miss Warden, ma'am, I don't remember a single gosh darn thing about it. Name's Meow Meow. (laughs) Damn, I couldn't hold it in. Okay. Miss, ma'am, Miss Ma'am. 
Miss Ma'am Meow Meow. <laughs> that's what my... That's what my your grandpappy always used to call you. That's weird. No, why would my grandpappy call me that? I don't know. He called Sorry. me sweetest meow meow. Oh, and how proud of you he'd be. Very proud. Putting the likes of you away. Oh, well now see here, listen, Miss Ma'am Meow Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... I just think that someone of my stature... Very small. Stings, but yes, you're not wrong. Against your awesomely trained guards. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't seem like the story adds up. Last I remember, I fell asleep in the woods after escape or for like going for a walk. It doesn't seem like your story adds up either. Okay, listen, you promise you gotta not tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh well that's not a promise. Miss Ma'am Meow Meow, this is super important. Look, Lives you, are at you, stake. You are a prisoner. I am the warden. If you tell me information, it can be used against you in a court of law. Oh, you guys have the court system. Of course we do. Mm. We're a highly established organization here. What do you think? You just fell into, like, the back of a smuggler's copter? Did I? No. I believe I was smuggled Did you see here. that courtyard? I fell asleep in the woods and I woke up in your prison. Well, I can't explain how that happened. And you also stole and assaulted an officer of the law. I stole an officer of the law? <laughs> Words are important, Miss Ma'am Meow Meow. You said you passed out in a forest. I did, from where, exhaustion. From where was so this forest? It was the high forest. 500 miles away high forest. Yeah. You have no recollection of how you got to Neverwinter. I don't recollect. No recollecting. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you're in a bit of a predicament. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Well, say I'm no stabber. I'm just saying. I don't stab nobody in no soft spots. So you carry daggers, but no stabbing. All right. They're just for show. I'm going to think of what I can do with you. Mean for me? For you. Slip of the tongue. Sorry. <laughs> Same. Very. All right. You know what? I sure do appreciate you, you know, letting me into your beautiful office. Like, really. Who is your decorator? Me. Oh, God. Brains, beauty, and talent. Okay. Should I just head back down to my cell then, or... I would really love to just hang here for a while. Like, mm. are you busy? That's not going to happen. You play cards? Delegation has to happen away from the prisoners. Guard! Officer Tangren opens the door, and he comes back in and says, Take take this one away. I'll call for, call for him in a little while. Thank you so much, Miss mm -hmm. Ma'am. Meow, meow. Yes. I appreciate you and everything you do here. Thank you. I'll take it under tender advisement. <laughs> As I walk out, I whisper to the officer, I don't think she knows what that phrase is. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Keep walking. Hey, can I have a piggyback back? No. And he... Oh, you thought about it, though, for a minute. He pushes <laughs> you forward. You thought... you Just for a minute, you thought Only about it. Only because you said piggyback back. <laughs> yeah, back. Back to my cell. A piggyback back. Get walking. All right. Glim, you've had a restful night in the in the quarters that you are in, and you wake up to the sound of birdsong uh, in the morning. And on the table that's in your room, there is a there is a warm bowl of what looks like an oatmeal um, and a glass of water, as well as a pitcher. And you are alone in your room. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to uh, eat my oatmeal, drink my water, and then head out to see if I can find Sirma or you know anybody. I'm ready for my training montage. You walk out to the main chapel, um, and you hear what sounds like wood chopping. 
behind the chapel. I go check it out. Walking around, you see uh, Sirma uh, wielding an axe, chopping up a large pile of wood. She doesn't seem to hear you walking around. <clears throat> Sirma? Sirma? She stops and she turns around. She says, oh, oh, you're awake. Um, you, you, you got breakfast? I did. I'm, I'm ready to start. Do you want me to chop some wood? I mean, absolutely. The more the merrier. She hands you the axe. I'm good at chopping wood. I'm very big and strong. Perfect. That's just what I'm looking for. She's tiring on my old back. And she takes a step back and sits down and, and she pulls out a, what, a, kind of a, a dried food ration um, and starts starts eating um, that, just getting some energy back. And she says, how was, uh, how was your sleep? I had a good sleep. It feels, it feels good here. Good, good. I'm glad. Well, I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate the help right now. Um, it, is there any questions that you came up with overnight before we begin kind of figuring out your next steps? Well, gosh, I, I, mean, I think I have a million, you know, like, what, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What skills do I need to have before I go there? How hard do you think it's going to be to fight whatever the bad thing I'm going to have to fight is? Do you think I'm going to make any friends while I'm here? Do you think I'm going to make any friends when we go somewhere else? I have so many questions. She smiles. <laughs> I, you're going to have to run down those again, but we'll cover them as, as succinctly as we can. Um, I think I caught where you're going to need to go and how hard it's going to be. Yep, that was two of yeah, them for good, sure. Good, perfect. Yes. Um, well, um, your calling to Bahamut is one of what could be taken as a warrior's way. How much experience do you have fighting or with conflict? Well, I've done s- some training, you know, like you do, like in school and things, but I wouldn't say I have a lot of experience with conflict. I've never been in a fight or I've barely been in an argument. S- sounds delightful, your your village. Every, everybody just getting along there. Um, yours, your calling or your goals could be... Uh, they're different for everybody, but... In, in most cases, they, they derive from going out and upholding the values of Bahamut. Of the good and all that is right in the world. And when you come across conflicts, or when you are pulled to or drawn to something that is not right, doing your best to set that right. And that doesn't necessarily mean to swing a blade or to hurt anyone. We, we, we definitely don't want that. But conflict resolution is something that you might become very good at. Your journey, it, it begins here. The next step is quite a ways away. I can give you as many tools as I can, answer as many questions as I can, um, but in order to truly take on the, the ownership of what you are to do, you must travel to a very holy place. That place is one of the the birthplaces of your people, of the Dragonborn, and it's called Tymanther. And what will I find there? Once you are ready to go there, you will travel most likely to the capital, Jarad Thimar. Find the citadel to Bahamut and... Declare your oath to him. Well, what do I do to need to be ready to go there? That comes in many different forms. For some, it is it is going out and finding wrongs and correcting them. For others, it is 
I mean, that, that one pretty much sums it all up. But um, the way you go about that it comes in many different ways. To get there, uh, it, is, it is said that you will need help. Unfortunately, I cannot travel with you that far and be that help. There are two souls who have been tied to your cause. They are in the opposite direction of where you need to be. And who are they? Do do you know them? Are they at a different temple? Are they... They, they are not necessarily of Bahamut's faith. They are souls who are trying to figure out their own cause and their own path as well. And together, it is said that you three will find that way. We do not know their names. We do know that one has come uh, to us in the form of a, a halfling who is on the run from something. The other, a half-orc, who is struggling to find his own light in this world. How will I know them when I find them? Will I know them? I feel like you'll have a sense. Something will draw you to them to help them or to um, just find them when you get near to them. We have heard word that they may be in the region of Neverwinter. Have you traveled that far before? No, I haven't really traveled anywhere ever before. Well, you're on for a wild ride then, my dear. <laughs> How will I know what the right thing to do is when I'm out there in the world and I need to do the right thing I need to you know shine Bahamut's light wherever I go and right wrongs and I guess I always just assumed I would know how to do that but haven't really had much opportunity to put that into into work you seem to have a pure soul glim from what your mothers have told me, you show every sign that the right decision comes naturally to you. The, the saying, trust your gut, whatever feels right in the moment is probably going to be a safe bet for you specifically. Well, what can I learn here before I have to go on this on this journey to Neverwinter? We can work on some of your abilities with your war pick. We we always hope that conflict can be resolved without the need to brandish our weapons. But sometimes, some people, it does not work to speak to them and to talk them down from from their own causes that are hurting others. I can also tell you that Bahamut is always, always with you. Not necessarily in a physical sense, of course, but always there when you, when you need extra guidance or when you feel like something isn't making sense to you and you don't know the right way, you can call to him. And how do I do that? Out. Oh. Out loud, like, hey, Bahamut, really need your help figuring out what to do right now. Or, you know, more internal. Again, whatever feels right in the moment. <laughs> if it feels right to call out, but internally could be done too in, okay. in the form of a prayer. So it's a choose your own adventure sort of <laughs> it's a calling choose out. Dear Bammy, Bammy, Bammy. You. You have on you, yes, a, a symbol of Bahamut, yes? 
Yes, I, I do have a symbol. Um, I, I've had it since I was a baby, and I guess learning what I learned yesterday, maybe it came with me to the village when I appeared there when I was a baby. And I pull out just from my pocket. It's just like a small, worn, like tooled leather thing with an image of Bahamut on it, but, you know, kind of like softened. It's like been in my pocket my whole life. May, may I see it? Of course. And I pass it over. And she kind of rolls it between her fingers and says his power is strong within this. And this, I think, is your one of your primary connections to him. Where you got it and how that happened, I, I can't tell you. Um, but if you need to use something to help channel his divine influence, this might help. And she hands it back to you. Do you have any books or anything I could read about... I don't know where I'm going or what I need to do so I can feel a little prepared for my journey. <laughs> a little lonely planet. Totally. I need like a travel log. Yeah. I need, uh, exactly. She chuckles and <laughs> says, yes, yes, um, we do have, have books on most of Faerun, uh, large portions of it. Um, your journey to Neverwinter, it will be a, a several days. We can... We can go into town and set you up on a on a caravan to help get you there when we're ready. Um, your travel to Timanther and Gerard Thimar will be longer. And you will have to decide when you are ready to do that. Um, it is on the eastern side of the Sea of Fallen Stars. It is east of Methwood and the Smoking Mountains in the Unthar region. Uh, okay, well, I just, I've finished chopping all that wood now. And I start stacking it. I'm very industrious. She, uh, she goes alongside you and helps you, um, and says, Some who follow any deity sometimes come up against times when decisions might cause you to go against what Bahamut would believe to be correct. This is a very big decision to make when those come up, because if something happens that you could have otherwise prevented um, through action of your own, the risk runs that you break your tie to Bahamut. And any divine energy or divine power that you will obtain soon would otherwise disappear. I can't tell you what decisions that would be. Oh, Sirma, I'm not worried at all that I'll make the wrong decisions. I'm totally confident that Bahamut's going to show me exactly what I need to do. Good. I just have to let you know that that is something that can happen, and if it does happen, it is, um, it is very difficult to gain back the calling of Bahamut. She walks over to a side shed and comes out with two war picks and two shields, and says, now we shall start some training. Let's start training. Welcome back to the middle. I just want to stop here and say thank you for listening, and we, we just love you so very much. The love is deep. Deep. Deep and true and like maybe too much sometimes, but mostly it's a safe, warm kind of love. Oh, I was going to go the other direction. I was going to say you could get swept away in it like a like a raging river. It's both. It's all kinds of love is what we have for you. All of the varietals. But you know what? Uh, we, we really felt the love last week in the episode when uh, all of you lovely people shared so many, so many times um, and for doing so. 
um, are now entered in a contest we have going on where we're giving away a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh. The, the, the ships and the pirates and all the things that you can now play in D&D. It looks super fun. I'm trying to find a way to bring pirates and stuff back in. Ooh, would that be a fun way to do a Flamekin's backstory? Mm. Oh, I like oh, this oh, idea. I, what? I, I haven't done Flamekin's voice in a There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now slip right back into if, it. Yeah, it's like if, a random bike. If this is your first second episode, then you probably don't even fucking know who Flamekin's is, but she's real great. She's so good. And favorite. And she's a pirate. Or used to be a pirate. She thinks she's, she's a pirate. She's gone clean. It's fine. Or has she? Anyways, you share the episode uh, to Twitter using the hashtag DumbDragonCast or to your Facebook page. Just share the post that we have on our Facebook page. It's linked in the description uh, for this episode. And uh, type a little comment because I realized that because of Facebook privacy, I can't actually see who shares it 99% of the time. Um, so, uh, share it, leave a little comment, say, hey, I shared it, or hey, you guys are awesome, or I like butterscotch cookies. Just whatever. Whatever you want to write. Sure, anything. And then, uh, put your name in for that sweet, sweet book, and then also some stickers from uh, D&D Live 2019, which are all very Descent into Avernus style it's mm-hmm. very cool they're cool and then you can come visit us over on patreon patreon.com slash dumb dragon cast where we have uh, a lovely and welcoming and warming and fantastic community um of lovely people um and there's lots of great things over there like a whole schwack ton of bonus content that we have and even things like recipes oh yeah we've got a recipe contest going on not a contest just a battle a competition a competition of brown- best brownie brownie battle 2019. So far, Tom is winning by one vote. I don't like that. I mean, I'll I'll secede. It's fine. I don't think that's the right word. Nope. But no. I'll secede means concede. you're going to leave concede. and start your concede. own. <laughs> yeah, are you starting like a brownie empire? I was going to yep. say you're not leaving the Maybe podcast, are the right you? Word. Just the ba- brownie yeah. baking. Well, it depends how this contest goes. Uh-oh, but, uh, better go vote, please. Shit. Yes. Um, anybody can go vote on that. It is a public post over on Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast, and I will actually link it down in the description there. Go vote on... It's basically a vote for if you like cakey brownies or fudgy brownies. Their recipes are there if you want to go make them. My my dear grandmother's recipe uh, is up there, and it... Tom's one he stole from an Iron Chef is up there too. Yeah, so, so you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So long, don't just let anybody be an Iron Chef, Russ. Many generations passed down or stolen out of a book. You know, That's whatever, right. whatever one you want to do. It's the best brownie ever. But that that bonus content, we I think we're nearing, we're getting closer up to like thirty hours of bonus content. So mm-hmm. um, go check that out. Tom runs a bunch of the games over there, and they are super fun. And one actually comes out in like. Uh, three days. Oh, dang, I should really get planning. <laughs> Don't worry, we've already recorded this, this one. <laughs> this oh, perfect. totally fine. So yeah, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast, and share the episode, and we will make sure you're entered to win a Ghost of Saltmarsh book. Thanks Heck for being yeah. awesome. Go enjoy the rest of the episode. Get ready for a new gripping horror actual play podcast, Dark Dice. Six travelers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem, after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Dark Dice features an award-winning full-voice cast of non-player characters, and a phenomenal fantasy soundtrack featuring live hurdy-gurdy, lutes, and dulcimers. Do you seek him? Find Dark Dice however you enjoy podcasts. Moot, you're sitting in the entryway to Nogwood's School of Wizards. The office administrator, uh, Shilso, had left and has since come back and said that somebody will be with you soon. Um, and then sits down at her desk. But you've now been waiting for a couple hours, it seems. Is there any, like, cool artwork on the walls or anything that's drawn my attention? 
yeah, the walls are covered in various tapestries and and images of what look to be very refined, or what you could presume to be famous wizards. There is a scene in one of the images of a battle being fought. Wizards on one side, um, undead and dragon-looking creatures on another. Uh, are there any, like, infographics with, like, names and places? Doesn't appear to be anything popping up. Uh, so yeah, I'm, like, really into this tapestry. It has, kind of in the background, images of what you might um, presume to be the spine of the world, which is the mountain range that cuts through Faerun. Uh, hey, hey, Shilsu. Uh, who's who's this guy? Oh, oh, that that um, that's um, that's well, one of the one of the greatest greatest wizards of all time, and he, he, you you don't you don't know you you come to a wizard school and you don't know who he is. No, I mean I I don't I don't really know much about any, any of this. But what what made what made this guy so great? And what was his name? His name was Basil Wren. He's, he saved uh, a large portion of the region from the oncoming warriors, I guess you could call them, of Thay. Oh, is that, is that what's, that's what the dead things are in this picture? Yeah, yeah, those are, those are un, undead. Um, there was, a, there was a, a point in time when Thay looked to spread out. The red wizards there were looking to reach and grab more land and Vasil and uh, and his clan, I guess you could call them, his group of do-gooders, went and saved the day. Um. Okay. Follow follow-up question. How, like, wh- how do they raise an army from the dead? That seems like some pretty crazy magic. Uh. Yes. It's very very dark magic. Um. Uh, you guys don't teach that here, do you? Not directly. We do. We do touch on it. Obviously, it is a. It is part of the curriculum to know what it is. But uh, most of our subjects and and classes here uh, tend to leave m- more to uh, abjuration and and uh, evocation and things of lighter, not lighter nature. Magic is very powerful, um, but less less on the the dark, grisly side of bringing things back from the dead. Ugh. Oh, cool, cool. Um, What's abjuration? I don't know these words that you're saying. Do, wh- what is your knowledge of, of magic? You said that you performed magic. Uh, well, it was more like it performed through me. Mm. So I don't know much of anything. Right. Um. Hence, hence why I came here to talk to somebody that maybe does know about that stuff. Um, yes, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I can't believe they haven't come down yet. Um, okay, abjuration. I will give you a little knowledge just in case there's a tertiary, tertiary just quiz of some sort. You have a little bit of knowledge. Oh no, is there like an entry quiz? Uh, no, I think they're going to ask you a few questions just to kind of get it. Get some groundwork as to what knowledge you just just your your backstory. Your oh, well, whole, that'll be really easy. Makes, I don't know anything. So what makes you tick? Okay, good. Abjuration are spells that generally protect. They create um, different physical or magical barriers, uh, negating other magical or physical abilities. Oh, so they, like defense. Exactly, like defense, like sh- shields. Changing your skin to stone. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Can you teach I me how to do that? I can't. I oh. can't. I don't. I don't perform a lot of a lot of magic. I mainly just the magic I perform is all in the books. Is what uh, oh. is what is what they tell me that I I do here. Magic of uh, bookkeeping and appointment keeping, which they should have been down a long time ago. Let me go. Just let me go. Just see where they are. Sure, sure, sure. She shuffles off quite quickly. I make a little note, like, Vosel Wren, ask about that dude. 
a few minutes goes by and she uh, and she also comes back in and she says uh, they'll be they, they should be oh you hear some footsteps she's on uh, she's on her way down right now oh, okay thanks uh thanks she'll so of course of course um a, a a moment passes and from around a corner a very regal looking female elf walks around the corner she has kind of a radiating glow that comes from her 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 robes are very intricately designed and she walks over to Shilso and you see her in hushed tones kind of speak with her and Shilso points over to you and she walks your way and says, um, yes, sorry, um, Moot, was it? Yeah, that's me. What can we do for you here today, Moot? You know what, walk, walk with me, walk with me. Ooh, walk and talk, I love these. Yeah, yes, yes, walk. We, we can walk and talk, yes? Uh, so where are we going? Uh, to my office. Ooh, is it on, like, the top floor? Um, sure. Okay, you didn't sound too sure about that. Well, I mean, it's 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 back here and up up a floor, so yeah, I guess it's it's on the top floor. Okay, cool. Uh, what, what are you... Oh, what's your name? Sorry, I didn't catch it. Um, I am Headmistress... Zavoy Moonblower. And yours just just moot? Well, I mean, really, there's like four names for me. Um, but it's just, you know, moot's easiest. But yeah, it's it's Murin, Orel, Odania, Torserin. But just to save everyone time, it's it moots. Moot's real easy. Alright. If that's what you prefer, we'll we'll call you moot. You make it to a large wooden door and she opens it and um, ushers you in. Wow, this is uh, this is quite the office here, headmistress. Thank you, thank you. The walls are completely lined with books and scrolls, and there is a single desk on the far side of the room that you walk into, um, with two chairs, one larger and one closer to you, uh, a little bit smaller. Are there any just like orbs on display anywhere that I can go touch? Yeah, as you as you walk in, you see um, along a wall, out on a shelf, um, there look to be five orbs, uh, each of a different color: green, blue, yellow, purple, and a black. I'm gonna go touch that green orb. Um, um, moot, moot. Can I can I ask what you're doing? Oh, I just thought this orb was pretty shiny. I was going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, um, perhaps, perhaps we sit and talk first. Oh, uh, sure, okay. So I, like, take my hand away from it. It was precariously close. Yeah. Is yeah. Moot, like, part crow or, <laughs> like, raccoon by any chance? He's like, oh, there's something shiny over here. Loves the shiny thing. Who doesn't? I go to walk around the desk to sit in the big chair and then... <laughs> She walks to the other side and has a hand on the back of the chair and says, um, you sit on that side. Oh. Good moot. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. You're new here. And she pulls out the chair and sits down and folds her hands in front of her. I kind of flop into the, the guest chair. So, moot. Shilso tells me you're interested in in learning magic. Uh, yeah. Um, well, ba- basically, I I wanna like I had a thing happen where mm-hmm. like I guess I cast a spell. I'm not really sure uh, how I did it or what happened. I've never done anything like that before. Um, were you? Perhaps reading from a, a scroll or a scripture. Uh, no, or a no. Uh, there was uh, these um, carried uh, cult of the dragon people that were in my parents' house, yeah. and uh, and I just kind of had this like freezing thing come out of my hands and like freeze them solid through no ritual or incantation otherwise of your uh, own. No, I mean. Uh, 
Mm. I would never have thought to do anything like that. Of course, of course. Um, no, no one in your family has studied magic? I mean, I didn't or, or think to ask my parents, or... but they seemed pretty uh, weirded out by what happened, so I don't think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Maybe like maybe yeah. like my weird uncle, like Jordan? But I don't know. He's been... We haven't really talked about him for a while. Well, everybody has a weird uncle, don't they? Tell me about it. Um, yes. Um, so, Moot, what we do here is we train wizards. We study um, ways to tap into the magic of the world and harness it through through ourselves or through um, items or... Fields of energy. Through items? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Are you interested in learning that? Or, alternatively, interested in tapping into the wild magics that you present? Uh, I mean, if, if learning one will help me control the other... Is that how it works, or is it like a one or the other type of situation? She squints her eyes and... <sighs> Can you show me something, Moot? Uh, I mean, I, I can... I, I, I don't, like, I don't even know where to start. Do you have any, like, beginner exercises you can run me through? Why don't you, why don't you go stand on the other side of the room? Uh, okay. And close your eyes. Okay. I'm going to do my best here to see if I can spark something based on the information you have given me. Put yourself back on that night that it happened the first time. Okay. Your family, you said? Yeah, the, the, the cult guys had, like, weapons drawn and were, were advancing on them. Your mother is on one side of the room. This cult member, you see him walk over, brandish a blade, and go to strike her down. And in your vision... Your eyes are closed, but you begin to see this picture apparate in front of you. You see what looks like a vague representation of your mother. Um, not, Not all the details are there. But then a man who is dressed in clothes that resemble very much the cult members that you saw the night before you left pull a large blade and go to attack this this woman. Make a wisdom saving throw. That's a 14. You feel very much like this is really happening in front of you right now. You picture, you can begin to smell your house. You can feel the atmosphere shift and change, and you feel like you're almost back at home. And, uh, yeah, I kind of do what I did last time and just, like, throw a hand up towards them and Mom! You hear a loud snap as you do this. The image begins to fade around you and you open your eyes. The headmistress is standing in front of you and in her hand is a, a glowing energy field. And within that, there is the frost that you saw leave your hand and it's swirling around inside of this. She says a, a low phrase, and the, the frost begins to turn a dark purple, black and purple, as it swirls around. She holds it up in front of you, and it levitates, and she says, I, I never know where people come across wild magics in the world. It can happen anywhere. 
but you, Moot, have wild magic within you. And as much as I would love to teach you magics, I feel like your time would be somewhat wasted here. Okay. Um, so what do I do? Most people who come, I would say that you, know, you go on your way and sort it out on your own. Okay. But I like you, Moot. And she kind of compresses the energy field, and it goes up into butterflies. There was a man who worked here some time ago now, who studied almost too much into wild magics of the world. I feel like he could help you. Uh, what, what's what's this? What's this man's name? Where do I find him? Uh, his name is Gabriel. He used to live in Neverwinter. I believe he still might. Um, I think the I think the guy at the visitor center mentioned a Gabriel. Interesting. He he is was it still is well known in the area. Um, unfortunately, he left no forwarding address when he did leave. Um, he he used to live near the House of Knowledge. I've heard he often frequents the Fallen Tower, or had frequented the Falling Tower. If you if you go there, they may have heard something of him. Uh, is that anything like that? castle that's hovering above the city? What's that thing's deal? Um, no, it's not. Uh, the castle that's hovering above the city is... I think uh, a dude called it the Shard of Night? Um, some people still call it the Shard of Night. Um, it is, um, more aptly known lately as the Shard of the Moon. It is a, uh, a beacon of hope and symbol of, um, the patron deity... Saloon. Well, with a with a name like was it Moonblower? Yes. Do you have Do you have any like association with the moon? My own personal deity is Saloon. She is the Moon Maiden or the Night White Lady. Cool. Yeah, I just thought like you know last name like that. I mean, you kind of have to, right? You would have to. One would think. Uh, okay. Um. Well, I guess um, if you if you don't think my time's going to be well spent here, I better go see if I can find this Gabriel guy. Um, any tips on in the meantime? Maybe just like how to control this. Control your your like the the wild magic, right? Um, it seems to come to you under duress or stress. Try to keep your cool. Okay, so just chill, nice and chill. Just chill. Just keep it, keep it chill. Keep it, keep it real. Okay, real and chill. Yes, it's what the kids are saying these days around the campus. Okay. Um. So I guess should I see myself out of Nogwoods? I I I can escort you out, of course. Cool. She op- goes back to the door and opens it and ushers you out. Is there? Anything else I can answer for you before you leave? Um. No, I mean, I don't really know what else to ask. This is also new. Are you are you from the area, or do you know anybody in the area? Yeah, that might be good. Is there somewhere to stay? Yes. Yeah, there are many many inns or or uh, places you can stay. Do you have much in terms of? Money? Uh, not really. I've I've got a little bit, but okay. Um, Are there any like small jobs around the school you need done? Maybe you could put me up for the night in exchange. Huh. We we could put you up for tonight, um, and then help you find your way in the morning. It's it seems the least we could do, because we can't help you learn learn what you need to learn. So. Um, we will do that for you, though, and um, if there's anything that we can think of 
to earn a, a further keep if you are to stay um, until you find Gabriel or find where you need to be, then we will we will help you with that. Cool. Th thanks, headmistress. Of course. Um, you get back to the front entrance to the school, and she opens the wide doors for you and says, well, come come back here tonight. Um, in fact, hold on. Shilsu, could you have a room arranged for Moot and let everyone know that he will be around? Y yeah, yeah, of course, I, I, can, I can do that. And she hustles off and... Uh, you see her disappear back down the hallway there. Uh, Shilsu will make sure that you are set up and leave you directions here if she is not here um, to where you need to be. Uh, cool. I guess uh, I guess I'll uh, go hang out around the house of knowledge and see if I can uh, to find uh, to find Gabriel. Wonderful. We will see you again soon, Moot. Officer, I, I was gonna laugh officer. really hard. <laughs> My name like, is Officer Officer. If he had a name badge on that had his name on it, he just hadn't <laughs> seen it this whole time. Words are important, Miss Ma'am. Meow meow. <laughs> Say the name without laughing. You're horrible. Patron name. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? I'll find you. Uh, Kevin. 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 <laughs> We have addresses. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jeez. Look. Just strongly worded letter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guard! <laughs> and Paisley farts real long. <laughs> Pulls out uh, just a, a, a bar of food. He's going to say an iPhone and just start flipping through <laughs> Flipping through, scrolling through her feed. <laughs> By new here, did she mean, like, the world? <laughs> like, civilization? Don't know intent behind what she said. <laughs> the songs Nowhere Land, Sneaky Snitch, and Anguish are by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0.